Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say Help is on the way Round in the corner Help is on the way Coming for you Help is on the way Yeah, yeah I lived enough life this is Pastor Latanya Leola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I just wanted to come on and let you know that it's been an awesome weekend. I have been able to kind of relax and kind of meditate on the Word of God. Also, being able to get some of my old like goodies out as far as music. Uh, Fred Hammond was awesome for me. Uh, Toby Mack was also another one. Um, just knew also Marcus Rogers. Uh, some of his um, music was really good. I have been able to just kind of resolve some things that I knew that was going on within me. And then having to address some of those things too is mind blowing and boggling at the same time. Because sometimes you are trying to let people in, but then at the same time, they're not on the same level as you. And then you learn that lesson that God wanted you to learn in the first place. Sometimes the way that you are, everyone isn't on your level. Everyone you cannot be able to sit there and give them the sound advice that God gives you because they don't know how to take it. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. That God gives you so many different aspects and so many different opportunities that it boggles the mind of certain people and they are not on your level. So you have to kind of give those types of boundaries and understandings of what's going on in your life. I wanted to let you know also too, that we are on YouTube, that I am starting, um, it is written also on YouTube so that you can see me as your um, podcast <laughs> representative, but also as a person, as a human being, as an individual. And sometimes I'm going to be able to bring on, you know, some, some of the co-hosts and some of them will be my children. Some will be adults that are, you know, I consider someone that is of a sound mind and body to be able to give you good advice, give you some examples, but also make sure you understand and know that this life we are living is not for the weak, that we as human beings have to sit there and honestly have a scope of understanding of who God is in our lives and why the enemy is willing to come and try to, as they say, 
give you so much grief, so much concern, so much pain in your life that he wants you to quit. He wants you to not keep going. He wants you to dissolve and not be able to take on what type of relationship, mantle, position, objective that God has over your life. He wants that. Now it's up to you, your choice to either lay down and take it or fight. And please let it be known, it is not always in the natural that you're going to see these objects and these things. It's going to sometimes come in also the spiritual realm and dreams and visions and circumstances and all these different things. So understand, be always vigilant. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Is that the position on the wall from Nehemiah? And I know it's a famous verse, but I wanted to kind of piece those things together in that it becomes so much more than what we think. And having to sit there and honestly analyze how God pieces it together for us, it becomes mind-blowing. And for some people, it's boggling because they don't see like it's that simple. See, he goes in chapter two after becoming the cupbearer in chapter one and giving you a backstory. Please go back and read Nehemiah. It is a very good book to read in the Bible. Now, I wanted to let you know that Nehemiah was the cupbearer. And when he saw that the, you know, the ruins of his people, his nation the, the, the building blocks, the foundation to protect his own homestead was down. I mean, that grieves you, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it grieve you to know that you cannot protect your family, your children, your household, the things that you have went to work for and have brought them home, i.e. sometimes your computers, your laptops, uh, one things after another televisions, whatever you call precious to you, you can't be able to protect those things because it's not fortified. It's, it's not being able to sit there and honestly be secure. And I know that so many people I would think about sometimes in the wild, wild west, I mean like with the cowboys and the Indians, go with me, okay, in my head. Sometimes I think about how they would have those safety, you know, black boxes, we call them. Um, but, you know, having the security boxes and they would always have to have a key or having to have combination in order for you to be able to open it. Well, I wanted to kind of deep dive in a little bit about how it is important for us to kind of be able to get those things that we need from God and know when we're being infiltrated. Come on now, let's say that. See, infiltration is to mean to have gained access or entering a secret information, such as on your laptop, computers, or spread of a tumor or cells in the body. That's a physical one. 
Also, a permeated of a liquid that's also in the body. But it is given access that was not supposed to be. Now think about it. If someone went in and tried to be able to come in and try to get your jewels from your security box or try to do harm to you, that's why so many people have panic rooms so that they can run in and lock themselves in and they will be able to feel secure having the perishable goods they have in there or just a weapon or anything that they can be able to sustain or hold down until authorities get there. But do we as Christians think about our lives like that? Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Well, Pastor Tanya, that's deep. Well, I'm honest about how we feel because sometimes we don't think about how deep it is, how crucial it is, how critical it is to have a walking relationship, close relationship with God. See, I understand that Nehemiah, and it's in the second chapter and in the ninth verse. And it was talking about how then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's leathers. See, he had permission from the king in order for him to do and go and get the timber and everything else, the materials, building materials he needed for the wall. Verse 10, excuse me, let's go back to verse nine. Now the king has sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. 10, when Sanbalt, the Hornite, and Tiba, the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly, heard of it, excuse me, that there come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Number 11, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Verse 12, and I rose in the night and I, some few men with me, neither told I any men what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. Verse 13, and I went out by night by gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dungeon port, and viewed the walls of Jer Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. See, sometimes when God gives you that authority, that deutimus, that understanding of who you are, and building you up, he gives you assignments. He gives you things that you need to do. And those are not publicized. Those are given to you personally. And God wants you to keep them in your bosom. Even when they're done, still keep them. Because some people, not all people, but some people mean to do you harm because you're not like them. Let me say that one more time. See, we're going back off of what I was talking about also on my YouTube being genuine. That means brutally honest, being able to have a raw material of yourself and still want to complete your mission in God, your assignment in God. But let's go back to Nehemiah. See, other people were invested in Jerusalem 
but they had the wrong intentions for Jerusalem. They didn't want to see it become built again, the walls. They wanted to crumble and fail. And see, sometimes when God gives you that assignment, you're on your own. Oh, come on now. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Sometimes God has you out by yourself for such a time as this to learn from him and grow with him and mature in his ways. It is not always a part of someone else's plan, but only what God gives you. See, sometimes he doesn't pair you with someone else. He just lets you having to be able to be on your own. And for that, sometimes you have to be able to know how to be able to fixate yourself, how to accumulate all the knowledge, the understanding, the fortitude of where God needs for you to be. And he doesn't place you underneath anyone else. No, no, no. He wants you to learn it from him. And it becomes more and more apparent to people that surround you. There's something about this man or woman of God. There's something about when you see them. There's something about the distinction in them, whether good or bad, and it should be good. There is a significant distinction of you, who you are. See, sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot for us as the body of Christ to understand and identify kingdom people. Let me say that one more time. See, it doesn't take a whole lot for people to distinguish the same kingdom-minded person because your daddy is the same as my daddy. And when you meet them, that distinction speaks volumes. It speaks the way of who you are and how you are in your character. Now, let me say this. Let's go back to verse 14. And I love how Nehemiah, even though he was the cupbearer, his assignment, his distinction, because of who he was, the king took notice because he was the first line of defense for the king. He was able to taste and drink of the food and also being able to understand and know that he was the one that if it was poison in the liquid now, going back infiltration, he will be the first one to die. Even in the food, the consumption, he purposely put it in his body so that the king would know if he was good to eat or not. But because Nehemiah was faithful to God, oh, come on now, because he did what God says do. He put away the things that we think should be so much folly to us. And that means so much um, loving, you know, just adored and saturated ourselves in. Drinking, smoking, cussing, whatever you indulged in before you got into God. See, he sat there and he said, you know what? I want to be the standard in God's kingdom. So I'm going to separate myself and become holy. And no, yes, he may have 
some of the things that we still do battle with. But he don't make that a priority. He makes it a priority to go and tap into God first and let his light, let his way of living, fasting, praying, and doing what God says do to combat what he has going on on the inside. Come on now, I'm going to say this one more time. See, he was combating what the old man used to do to lift up and do what the new man, the spiritual man needs in its life. Mm-mm-mm. See, there is a significant shift. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. I felt that. It is a shift when you go and you do what God says do, no matter what the cost. I'm talking about children, husband, wife, uh, elements of job, lack of funds, uh. Even when it may cost you your life. Come on now. When it costs you your very life to do what God says do, that's what counts. That's what keeps us going. Now let's go back to Nehemiah, the fourth chapter. Excuse me. The second chapter and the 14th verse. Then I went on to the gate of the foundation and to the king's pool. He's talking about David's pool. But there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Verse 15. Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. See, you have to sometimes go in and analyze what has been torn away and what needs to be repaired and what the enemy has taken from you. Come on now, infiltration. What the enemy has taken from you and you need to start sitting there and going inside and letting God sit there and say, let me do surgery on you. Let me go ahead and take those pieces. And while God is doing that and you see the surgery, what's going on, you go in and you sit there and you say, okay, God, since you're doing surgery on my mind, let me be able to sit there and say, go to the scriptures and say, whose mind has stayed on thee? Come on now. Shall keep thee in perfect peace and meditate on the word day and night so that you can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come on now. See, those are the ways that we can be able to sit there and say, okay, God, you're sitting up there. You want, you knew I had an unforgiveness and I told you, God, take that unforgiveness away from me. Now I'm starting to see you work in my life. Okay, let me go ahead and see those type of scriptures that say about unforgiveness. And start repeating those things in my mind and my heart. So that the next time I see this person, it ain't going to even affect me. It's not. Because God sits there and he makes sure that whatever he has to take away, he comes and he replaces it. Now, while Nehemiah is sitting here and analyzing the wall, the structure of the wall, because it's of a certain material, You have to go in and see if you can be able to duplicate that material or replace it all the way through. 
See, sometimes we have to do the same thing, men and women of God, kingdom men and women of God. We have to go in and sit there and honestly say, okay, I need to, if I, I'm lying, God, you know, come on in. Let me take that brick out and replace it with truth. And, and God will put you in certain situations and scenarios. I'm being honest. Let me tell you that, for example, if you're lying and he wants you to say the truth, see, he'll put you in those situations so that it would manifest that truth to come out. And then at the same time, to be man or woman enough to be able to face the person that you used to be or you're still working on. See, you don't rely on that old person. See, yes, you may make one mistake, but guess what? That's the only mistake you need to be making. Let me say that one for people in the back. See, sometimes you have to be able to control your mind and your heart. And I had to understand that in psychology, your mind is where it can wander to and fro. But your heart? Your heart has already made up its mind. It is purpose filled of what they want to do, whether good or bad. And see, that's why God says, who knows the heart? And it says in the word, who knows it? Because the heart can be wicked, but God knows the heart. He knows you down to the mirror of the bone. And I wish that people would understand and know that all of these things are written down. Everything we've done is written down. And whether you like it or not, you have to honestly give an account for those thoughts, actions, the abilities, uh, capabilities, or things you didn't do or things you were supposed to do. That was That's written down. And we have to dig deep and understand that, look, when we said we become kingdom-minded personnel, that we have to sit there and honestly look through the cracks, look through the holes. Sometimes some things are going to be mended, but then God sits there and says, I'm not going to just mend it. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to break it all the way down so that when I come in and I purposely build it, this time the wall will be fortified. This time you won't see any slithers or any cracks in the wall. The foundation will be secure because I want to break you down enough so you know it was me who had to break you in the first place to build you back up. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God will break you down. God will have you in situations where the enemy will come in and rob you blind. But then because he knew he needed you to be robbed blind in order for you to understand that I need to be able to trust God no matter what. See, sometimes we have to get into that state of poppy, 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 daddy, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, I need you. Oh, let me say that one more time. Poppy, 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 daddy, 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 I need you. Whatever you say to God, God, I need you right now immediately. Don't you know? That's vital. That's crucial. See, some of us don't want to sit here and realize that sometimes the infiltration can come in and send your mindset in the wrong path. It can send you to bleed out. And I say this symbolically because when you bleed out after you've taken a shot i mean a critical shot sometimes to the head don't you know that's fatal 
See, Satan doesn't want you to go back out again. He doesn't want you to be back on the battlefield because he knew you were too deadly in the first place. Let me say that one more time. See, you were deadly because you knew who God was and God built you up so much so that when your wall, when he saw your wall, it was impeccable. You had everything on. You had the spirit of everything that God needed for you to have. You had the armor of God on and also you were doing the beatitudes. You were doing with grace, love, peace, joy, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness. Come on now. You were doing what God says do. You were on the right track. You were sitting up here and being obedient to God and sitting here and being the advocate that he needed for you to be in this time and this hour. But see, because you became so deadly to the enemy, now he's going to come in and infiltrate through friends, through family members, through your husband, through your 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 wife, through through your children, through your job, through through your your positivity. Come on now. Through your mindset. He will come in and say, wait a minute, God didn't ordain you. God didn't want you to be at this. Wait a minute, did God say, wait a minute, hold up. See, he's trying to do the same thing that he did to Eve, Adam and Eve back in the garden. I will not tolerate this now. Come on now. See, some of us want to sit there and say, well, I don't have any cracks. Okay, then pastor, I don't have any. Okay, you keep, keep, keep scrolling. Keep going. Keep going to another podcast that wants to make you feel good because no, this podcast is to sit here and expose you. Expose the enemy and expose how we really truly are. And we're in sin. I I don't know how to sit here and tell you anything else. See, some of the cracks are from generational curses, are from your mother and your daddy and everybody else and your cousins and all this other stuff. See, come on here now. See, some people can honestly sit there and say, wait a minute, I have alcohol. I have this in my family. They're, they're, they're mentally dis, dis, despondent and you're depressed and suicidal and all these different things are a factor. And you're sitting up here and it's a mocktail cocktail that's just sitting there and the enemy will sit there and throw it to you and make it say, boom. See, some of us don't want to sit here and be obedient and expose the enemy for what it is. See, some of us, we can't honestly sit there and say, you know what? Please forgive me because I thought this person was on the same level as me. But apparently that person wasn't. Now I got to go do damage. See, I understand that as an adult, as a grown person, that everybody is not going to like you because you put in the work in God, like Nehemiah. You put in the patience like you supposed to. You sat there and you drink the cup and sat there and said, you know what? Let me go ahead and do what God says do because I know it's goodness and mercy and grace will follow me. See, everybody's not going to like what you're doing because you're doing it unto God and not to Satan and not to the enemy. See, they'll sit there and say whatever they want to say about you. But guess what? What God says about you is so much more critical, so much influence it. 
And you have to be obedient. And that's why I love Nehemiah because even though he was the cupbearer and he can stay in that position, he couldn't because God anointed and appointed him to do much more. When are you going to move out and do what God says do? When are you going to sit there and catapult yourself? And say, wait a minute, God, send me, I go. But at the same exact time, you better have changed your mindset. You better have changed your opportunities. You better have shifted the way that God wants you to go. See, sometimes you got to let those friends go. You got to let those family members go. Because you need to know that God needs you to go a different way. And sometimes that way is lonely. It can be downright depressing, but guess what? Let me, let me tell you something. See, I've learned that through all of the things that you have to go through while you're going through it on your own, it may seem like it's lonely, but he's with you right there with you. He's cheering you on. And not only is he cheering you on in the natural and in the spiritual, he's able to fixate himself. Come on now, attach himself to you at this appointed time and he will make things happen for you instantaneously without any interruptions. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, sometimes when we analyze what's going on, be truthful and honest with each other. See, God will sit there and he will put you on assignment on purpose because he built you differently. I'm going to say that one more time. He built you differently. See, you didn't have to have anybody else because you had the author and the finisher of your faith with you. Come on now. You had the one contender that can give the enemy his run for his money. It wasn't your mama and it wasn't your daddy. It wasn't anybody else. It was him. It was God all by himself. The I am the Elohim. The more than enough, the great I am, the Rapha, the 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 who, the majestic, the one that has been able to come back and forth and send his son from death to life and still come out on top. Why are you sitting here and rejecting who God is in you? This ain't even in my notes. I'm going to say it like that. Why are you rejecting what God has in you and made that infiltration as such that you are not worthy? Ooh, come on now. See, some of us think that we are living beneath our, our way of life. And I'm going to say it for you. For myself, sometimes I thought, God, who am I to sit here and be who you need for me to be? Come on now. Let's say it like that. See, sometimes we have to sit there and honestly tell God how we feel because we don't want that to trip us up later on. God, I don't feel worthy, but God sit there and he'll put you in the word. And he says, you are more than enough. I formed you in the belly of your mother's womb, Jeremiah. I have set your feet on a rock <laughs> and I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Come on now. That's you. That's your characteristic. See, he takes the things that people think have been 
thrown away, tattered and torn and tossed to the side. And he has made people great under him. He has given the ones that have been thrown or said in the back. And you remember, it says in the Bible, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. That's why I said we have much clout, but stay humble. Be humble. Humility is the best reward because when you are humble and human and know that everyone is going through something, you still sit there and you look at them as a human being and you cannot sit there and tell me that you don't feel compassion, that you don't feel God's love for them, that you don't understand and know that, hey, I am like you. I am from the dirt. We both are. And we do make mistakes. But that's when you have to come up and let them know, I got up. So you can do the same also. God got up. Jesus got his son up. So you can do the same. Now, I'm going to say it like this. Infiltration See, the enemy can have it, whereas the closest people to you, not even the ones that don't know you. And I learned this this week, that he would have people that are your enemies to form together with each other just for you to fall. Mm, let me say this one more time for the people in the back. See, Satan would want you to lose your position, your footing, on the wall because he doesn't want you there. So he would have your enemies to form an alliance just because they don't like you. Ooh, Lord help me, Jesus. But don't you know that when you form that alliance, that they are starting to realize how critically strong and courageous and understanding and how is God being able to stay with you? Ooh, come on now. See, I understand that you thought you can take me maybe one, but now since you have two or three people to do that, you think you can still take me. See, this is how the enemy wants to come at you. And sometimes he will come at you if it's not your old nature. He will come at you with your finances, your children, your, your spouses, your uh, position at your work, or even if it's at your home. Or you would have one of those friends to sit there on the off chance and say, wait a minute, why are you profiting while I'm right here doing the same thing you're doing? Or so it seems. See, I had to learn that everybody is not on the same mindset because their objective can be to squeeze you out so that you're not the competition. But God sits there and tells me that vengeance is his and you were never competition in the first place. See, I had to go back also with David and Samuel and Saul. See, Samuel told Saul that his mantle, his kingmanship will be moved and passed over to David. 
because of how he was perceiving and wanting to people please. That's a big one. People please for his kingdom, for his position. And not to be sitting here and honestly just baffled. But let me tell you something. You, when you start trying to please somebody else, trying to please people instead of God, starting to see that your placement is because you're doing what God says, doing not man and not woman or anyone else. Don't you know that's a dangerous position because people are starting to see that when you come to church, when you are faithful to everything that's going on, they become so upset because you're doing what God says do. Let me tell you something. God, when you love him that much and he places you on that assignment, you're just like Nehemiah. You're going to analyze and you're going to look and you're going to see what has been infiltrated and you're going to want to try to fix what's going on because through God now, because he's giving you discernment, he's giving you those wide eyes, those visionaries, see those binoculars, as we would say, he gives you the long, oh my God, the long-term length of sight. And I love it because he gives it to you. So that you can see the whole entire skeptum of what he needs for you to see. And piece by piece, you're starting to see what was going on in the first place. See, piece by piece, he wants you to know in long term where the enemy is going to strike. And then you can sit there and tell someone, hey, you know what? God told me to tell you, hey, move left instead of right. Don't, don't be distinguished or don't be assumed or be uncomfortable when God says, Hey, you know what? I'm going to make you, you know, late for work on purpose today because he sees the traffic jam and he sees the car crashes you could have been in. Oh, let me say it like this. See, he sees when you are supposed to be at the doctor's appointment, but he makes sure that you get another doctor when you're pregnant or when your child is sick just because he knows the intent of the doctor or the physician. Come on now. Let me say that. See, sometimes we get upset and we get, we get mad with God because God sits there and he, he plays stumbling blocks in front of us because it's for our benefit and not because we're sitting up here and we're so self-righteous. Come on now. See, some of us want to sit here and say, well, God, you know, I, I, you know, you already planned this for me to go on this trip. And then God says, no, I don't want you to go. And you have, you know, you, you sitting up there puffy and all mad and huffy. And next thing you know, you realize that, wait a minute, there was a hurricane. And if I would have been on that flight, I would have been there in that situation. Come on now. Or if that person would have went up there to altar call and you would have sat there and you would have prayed for them. You, did you know that person probably had a demon in them? Come on now. That's infiltration also. See, God purposely had you to have discernment or he put stumbling blocks. I'm going to say that one more time in your way because he knows what's going on. He's analyzing it and he's giving you the long sight. He's giving you the long sight of visionary faith. He's letting you learn and know and navigate and see what's going on. 
If you have prophetic, if you have teaching, if you have ministry, any type of way, God is teaching you because he wants you to know from straight from him, not from anyone else. That's why I love that God sits there and he says, you know what? I'm going to make you different than what we know. He wants you to understand and know that he can be able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we can measure and achieve. But some of us want to sit here and fuss and fight with God. And then at the same time, get mad because God starts revealing some things to you in dreams and in visions. And then has other people coming up and saying, don't do that because God said so. Or don't go with this person because God said, don't go into that relationship. Don't have this person over here. Don't have that person over there. I'm going to say it like this. When you are on a site, your whole entire mindset changes and it becomes so frequent that God and you tap into God so much that sometimes when you're passing someone by, you can feel their spirit and feel what they've been going through. Sometimes when you're up at night and I do this quite often as in the 15th verse, then when I up in the night by the brook, and view the wall and return back and entered by the gate of the valley and so return. Verse 16, the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. See, sometimes God wants you to sit there and marinate and understand your assignment. And also at the same time, sometimes he would be able to couple you with someone else. And sometimes he will have you isolated. But then at the same exact time, you have to be weary if God sends you somebody because that might not be who God sent in the original plan. Let me say that one more time. God may have not sent them. So you have to be on your guard and you have to be on your way of thinking and processing of who God is. And also you need to be able to do it the way that God wants you to do it and listen to God. Listen to the ones that sit there and come to you and say, this is not it and be truthful about it. But also at the same time, your plan will not be discussed between anyone else but you and God. Let me say that one more time. God will have it where you are being discussed. The discussion is between him and you and no one else because everybody isn't like you. Everybody isn't on your level and you got to expect that. And that's what he was saying in verse 16. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. 17 verse, then I said unto them, ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. 18th verse. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that, ha that he had spoken unto me. 
And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands to do this good work. See, and that's the thing. When you start divulging who God is in other people's lives that are able to help you labor in God, that becomes so much critical. Because when they start, he's when Nehemiah start explaining in detail who God is and how God gave him favor with the king, you gotta wait, wait for that. See, some of them did not like it, but we haven't gotten to that part yet. But the ones that received it, they understood the whole entire assignment that you were on. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Everybody is not going to understand your assignment, but for the ones that do understand your assignment, they're coming. If they're not already here, start listening to who God is in your assignment. Start understanding that everybody is not going to be the ones that are going to receive what you have. Because some people have been in the way of God for so long, but yet they haven't prospered. Let me say that one more time and the people in the back. They seen the waste. They seen the destitute of Jerusalem, but they didn't do anything about it. But when Nehemiah showed up and he spoke the words that they needed to hear, that's what broke all of the things that they needed to do. That's when the wall became the priority to them. Let me say that one more time. See, the priority came out when he spoke genuine, genuinely to the people. He spoke the truth and he spoke it from his heart. And see, that's the thing is that when you become more and more of who God is, he will give you the words that you need to say to move the people, to move the circumstances and the situation in favor for you, for your generation and for your next generation. Now, verse 19, but when Sabbat, the Hornite and Tibble, the servant, the Amorite and Gisham, the Aram heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Come on now. He didn't say anything about that. They're sitting up here challenging what Nehemiah just said. See, you're going to have those type of people and you're going to have to honestly sit there and say, wait a minute, God, you knew what you put in me. Now you see the challenge that people have of you. Are you willing to stand? And in certain situations, certain cases, you can't fix their situation because guess what? God's already put judgment on them. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God has already put judgment on them. Now you need to get out the way. Now you need to keep going with what you already been assigned to do. Now you have to honestly sit back and say, God, I hope and I pray that whatever decision that they make, they consult you first. That's what David did with Saul. He, he told him, he said, you know, paraphrasing, he said, look, let God judge between me and you. My intent, my actions towards you is only loving and care. And with your actions towards me, God will revenge the actions that you have been dealing with me, that you have sat there and did with me. 
And it becomes more and more apparent that I loved you throughout everything. And I understand why David ran from him because he was anointed of God and he didn't want to touch him at all. He wanted God to deal with him. And it's like Nehemiah sitting here and doing what God says do. And you have so many people that want to mock you that used to be with you. Come on now. See, he had people placed there strategically to mock you so that you will be able to sit there and say, wait a minute, questioning, wait, did God say that? Did God do that? Did God honestly put me in the position I'm in? That's when you have to honestly sit there and make sure you know within a shadow of a doubt that God placed you where you need to be. See, sometimes people don't want to hear that. Well, you think that you are. No, I know who I am because this is who God placed me to be. I know who I am because God placed me in this position, not just to get canceled. Wait, 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 wait. If I get canceled, God is sitting here and saying, you know what? I'm going to give her another avenue of where she needs to go because I need her voice out into the public, into the world, into globalization, because I need for the word of God, not my voice, but his voice. Not my will, but thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not just speaking the Christianese, as they say, but going into the depths of the world and society where some people don't even believe in God and don't even want to calculate who God is. See, that's when you become the the illumination that they need, the the light that you need, the, the flickering that you see, the cascade of understanding and the brightness of who God is. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. That's why God puts you in so many different places where the light is no longer even there. Some people's light may be hidden underneath a bush or, 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 or a tree because they don't want to be able to illuminate who God is. See, the illumination that's in you, the light that's in you has to come out because you are sons and daughters of God. You cannot duplicate anything else. You can only be original, the genuine you. And that's what Nehemiah did. And that becomes a critical point because now more than ever, we need to come out. We need to honestly sit there and say, look, I am a child of God and you cannot sit there and suffocate me. You cannot sit there and put me out. My flame is too big. My heart is too bright. My mind is set and my mind is made up. This is my life. Whether you accept it or reject it, this is the truth and God wants me to speak it as such. There is no demands that God is sitting, no wavering way. God sits there. No, he wants the whole entire truth. And that's what I will, should do in my life. You should be saying the same thing. See, they so much want to be so, oh, we so careful about how we talk and how we, how we say it. Yes. Look, let me tell you something. The way that you sit there and you tell it to them and you communicate with them in truth. This is the way that we should be able to sit there. Saints of the most high God's kingdom, kingdom minded people. 
Because so many people want to sit here and be sanctimonious about who they're talking about when God is honestly sitting here and saying, look, this is what you've done. This is the sin that you've done. Now we need to correct it. If you don't want to correct it, this is the ramifications for what you have done. It is death. Don't sit there and sugarcoat it. Just tell it like it is. Now, back to Nehemiah. So many people in Nehemiah, you have a Horonite, his servant, the Amorite, the Aram, coming up against them. Now, on the 29th, on the 20th verse, then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven. Now, I love this. He distinguished who he's talking about. The God of heaven. He will prosper us. He will prosper us. Therefore, he, excuse me. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Come on now. He's declaring it. He's giving and shabaking God right now. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. See, we're going to be obedient to what God has already given us. And it says, but he have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. You have no reason to be here. You have no status. You have no sacrilege. You have no right. You have nothing. You have nobody buried here. That is of you. You have no reason to be here. You need to go. Okay. And then at the same exact time, I'm a, and it stops right there, but I wanted to let you know, cause we're going to go into the next portion of it on chapter three, but I wanted to let you know, saints of the most high, Satan has no right to come into your camp and take what is his, or he thought and leave with it. See, he has no right to do that. So why do we think it's his right to come in and take what is rightfully ours? Stop letting the enemy come in and infiltrate your life. Start praying over your children, your husband, your spouses, your job, your position. Don't you know that when you do those things and you sit there and you command what God has given you, there is no, no, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. There is no way that you will not be victorious, that you will not come out on top. Will it take you some years? Oh, yeah, it will. Will it take you some days? Yes, it will. Will it take you some weeks, some months, some years? Yes, it will. Because it's not going to be a microwave instantaneous thing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It's not going to be always a microwave instantaneous thing that happens. It takes time. It's progress. It's not like, you know, God can be able to sit there and have, you know, he can change people's minds and hearts. But it's a choice. 
your children, your husband, your wife, everybody has a choice. Even the boss on your job has a choice. But your choice, let them see your choice. Let them know through your speech and your voice and your language and how you conduct yourself. They need to know the choice. See, I learned this week so many different things. And I've been out pretty much gardening and weeding and pulling up weeds this week. And last week and the week before that. But you know what? What I did, I heard some people you know, I heard things talking and, you know, hey, you know, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do. But what my mind and my heart kept telling me is that, guess what? I put you on this assignment and I need for you to go and garden those weeds because every year they come back. But every year that you've been plucking them out, or your husband or your children been plucking them out, they don't come back as stronger as they once were. Come on now, let me say this one more time for the people in the back. See, Satan wants to come so many different ways, but once you start plucking that out, that unforgiveness out, don't you know he's got to go and do something else? He's got to come in a different way. And it's not as stronger as it was before. Come on now, let me say that one more time. It's, it's not as stronger because it doesn't affect you in that sense. Let me say that one more time. You know how somebody can pick and nag at you all the time, but then when they, when you realize that it's them and not you, it doesn't become more, it, it's not an effect to it. So they got to see about how to de, how to come at you a different way. And then when they do that and you don't show any sign of weakness, they, they'll come and go a different way. See, the enemy will sit there and do it with your finances. And then he'll sit there and say, well, with your marriage. And he'll sit there with your children. And he'll sit there with your school. And he'll sit there with your work. And he'll sit there with all these different elements. And when he sees that you don't flinch, he sees that you have already seen the infiltration and you have already started building on what's going on. That's when he cackles. That's when he comes in and tries to manipulate and tries to form opinion and tries to do all these other things. But then God sits there and says, what did I just say? Oh, come on now. What did God just say? What did God just do? How did, didn't God just heal? Last week, didn't God sit there and tell you about your child and, 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 and helped you out? Didn't he sit there and make sure the bills were due when you, they said it was supposed to be so? Didn't they say when you were a child that you were not going anywhere, but you've been around the world twice and five times and back again? Oh, come on now. See, sometimes we need to be able to be awakened up, fully waking up and slapped across the face. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Sometimes we got to be awoken up from the comfortableness of being in God. Oh, I'm too cushy. I'm too this. I'm not praying. And God starts seeing, oh, she ain't praying enough. She She's not fast enough. She, she, she's not meditating on my word enough. And then the enemy comes and he swoops in and he does what he does because you weren't on your job. Lord. But then you start picking it back up. I need to pray more. I need to fast more. I need to meditate more. And then you start gaining more and more momentum. Stop slacking on this wall because so many people need you. 
So many people need you to stay on the wall because God needs you to illuminate that light. And I'm going to say it like this. When the people in the United States are asleep and I am up, don't you know, saints of the most high, day and night, Nehemiah worked on that wall with his people day and night. See, sometimes when you are on the wall, it can be lonely, but also guess what? You're not alone. God is with you. And if you don't know him as your personal savior, get to know him. He's there 24 seven, seven days a week. He never stops. And if you would like to be able to get to know him, go to Romans 10 chapter 9 verse and 10th verse also. And he says, confess it with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that the Jesus had been raised from the dead. You shall be saved for with your heart. Well, with your mouth, you confess in the heart you believe, paraphrasing, but also confess your sins to him and let him in. And you will surely be happy to let him in. Is it always easy? No. But don't you know the benefits of being able to be a kingdom man and woman of God is eternal. It's not about being able to get rewards down here. But when you go to heaven, when you get to see him and he says, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's the best thing. Because he knew you were doing the best fight of faith. You were going through the test and you were counting the cost. Even with infiltration, you still kept going, no matter what. And God loves when we can be able to honestly sit there and fight for what we know is right. Now, I'm going to say it like this before we go. I don't know who this podcast is for today, because some of this stuff is not it, definitely not in my notes. But I want to let you know that personally, I made some strides in my whole entire life. And I'm able to honestly sit there and I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of me being able to go back to the gym. I'm proud of myself being able to start bench pressing, going up to 220 and beyond. I'm proud of myself for going to run. I'm proud of myself after the injury in my knee. I'm able to honestly sit and walk and talk with people. And let them know all the injuries I have, all the aches and pains, that God is still good. That tiredness, that fatigue, God has given me a new lease on everything I'm doing in this season. And I don't know who this is for. And I understand that everybody may not get it. But please, with all that you have within you. Seek God for everything. Know God for everything. Be grateful for what God has given you. Do not mumble and complain because God can remove it and you will see the ramifications of your actions. I'm thankful for all God has placed in my life, the people, the situations, the materials, the finances, the transportation, the homes, All of that things that God and yet to do, education, 
all of these things that I go after because God needs for me to know and learn and acknowledge him in all my ways. See, I love how God has built me. You need to learn that God, just because he built you differently, doesn't mean that you won't have the best expectations and the great understanding of who God is. Let me say that one more time. Because he walks and talks with you on a daily doesn't mean that you won't have the best results, that you won't get the best things in life, that when people see you, they see God in you, and that he is the main reason for everything you have. Understand and know that you being on the wall, if nobody knows my name, thank you, Lord, but remembers that God, that I was living for him, That is the best thing that anyone can say because I know he lives and I know for a fact that the most important part is that I want to be found in him and not on the outside, not lurking anywhere. No, I want to be found in him. My words, my actions, my way of life. My, my whole entire being, the raising of my children to my marriage, I want to be found in him. I don't know everything, but what I do know is that I love that God was my best friend before I met my husband, before I had my friends, before I had my children, before I have anything in my life. He was the first one. And when I take my last breath on this earth, he will still be with me. Please, saints of the most high. If you don't have a personal relationship with God, get one. Not what your pastor says, not what ministers, dinkins, prophets, anybody says. Please walk and talk with him. Please get prayer time. Get the time that you need with him. Get it all. Even if you have to cost you some sleep. Get up and get up and go three or four in the morning. Do that because it becomes more and more apparent that he wants to talk to you just like you need to talk to him. It's just like a friendship. After a long time of you not talking to that person, it becomes awkward. It becomes strange. And God isn't a God that, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. And, you know, I need, I need. No, sometimes it's just... God, I thank you so much for being with me today. God, I I just want to tell you, you know what? Thank you. God, I miss you today. I just want to say, you know what? I love you. God, I just want to let you know that you are on my mind and I appreciate you. Don't you know? That's friendship. That's love. That's matureness. That's that's creativity. That's that's a love above every type of level. Because He was the one that sought you out first and wants to maintain that relationship. But thank you so much for listening today. And if you like what you heard today, please follow and subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, Edify, and YouTube. If you enjoyed everything, please rate us with a five-star rating. And please, 
If you would like to reach more people, contact us, email us. Also, we have an email at L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A at hotmail.com. Once again, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A at hotmail.com. And also, too, if you have any questions or concerns, we're on Facebook under Latanya, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Once again, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And also, it is written by Latanya Uyola. There is so much more that we would like to be able to discuss. So if you have any topics or any questions, please send us an email or go to our website on Facebook. It has been my pleasure to be able to have this time with you. I understand. Also, I want to let you know I'm praying for the people in Ukraine, praying for all of us around the world to know who God is. And it's been my pleasure. God bless you. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. But he's in the darkness, he's in the cold. Just like the morning, he always shows. It may be midnight or midday. He's never early.